Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Dr. Justin Hillhouse joins us again to continue our series, Fan Favorites. Be sure to have your copy of God's Word handy as we read in Exodus today the story of how the Israelites exited Egypt. Now, let's hear from Dr. Hillhouse. As we get started, if you have your copy of God's Word, open it up, turn it on. What's up, you guys online? Open it up, turn it on. We're going to be in uh, uh, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13, and we're going to be in verses 17 and 18. Exodus 13, verses 17 through 18. And as you know, today is the 4th of July. We celebrate uh, America's freedom uh, uh, during this time. And, and hopefully for y'all, this is a, this is a fun time to hang out with family, to hang out with friends, to grill some burgers or some steaks, maybe go see some fireworks and maybe blow up some fireworks yourself and just have an all around good time. And we're in this series right now called fan favorites. And really in this series, we just kind of want to go through and just kind of have each pastor, each minister, just kind of tell us their favorite passage or story in Scripture. And one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite passages in Scripture are the Israelites and their uh, quest to get out of Egypt and then to cross the Red Sea. And I really like that whole story from the time Moses is called back back in uh, at the beginning of Exodus all the way up until about Exodus uh, 14 where they cross the Red Sea and I just love that whole kind of span of the Bible because there are so many nuggets that you can see in Moses's life that you can see in the children of Israel and that you can relate to and so today I just want to take a, a small portion of that really two verses and just look at those two verses because there's so much there that not only I see in the Israelites life and what they go through but I see that reflected in my heart and in my life and the same things that they go through the same things that they say the same things that they do I do, okay? And so I can really relate with the children of Israel. There are times when I can relate with Moses. There are times when I can relate with uh, what's going on just in the whole situation. And when we see the situation that the Israelites are in, it's a really interesting dynamic because what has happened is that the angel of death we see has gone through all of Egypt and the angel of death has taken the firstborn of every Egyptian. And so now Pharaoh has had enough and he wants the children of Israel to leave. And so he tells them, guys, get out of town. We are tired of this. We're tired of all the plagues. But now you have taken the firstborn of every Egyptian here. There's weeping and wailing <coughs> all through Egypt. It is time for you to get out. And so the children of Israel, they pack up all their stuff and they start to leave. And when you see here in verse 17 and 18 of Exodus 13, it says this. When Pharaoh let the people go, so they've had enough. Pharaoh's had enough. When he said, let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Though that was shorter for God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt. And then what does it say? Ready 
for battle. And so as Israel is leaving Egypt, we see three things about these two verses. And the first thing is simply this. The shortest way is not always the safest way. The shortest way is not always the safest way. When you look there in verse 17, what does it say? When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. <coughs> though it was shorter. Even though it was shorter. He said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. The shortest way to the promised land. The shortest way out of Egypt is to head north and then to kind of turn right and head east. And you would be at the border of Canaan in about four or five days. The promised land is only four or five days march from Egypt. It is the shortest route. It is the quickest route. It is the easiest way from point A to point B. But God knew that the nation of Israel was not quite ready yet. He knew that they were not quite ready to go into the promised land because he knew that they could not handle the violence. And we're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. You know, guys, I can see this in our lives because when we look at our lives, I don't know about you, but I'm always trying to find the shortest way from point A to point B. And if you've ever been in geometry, guys, what is the shortest way from point A to point B? Is it what? It's a straight line, right? It's a straight line. And for us as guys, for <clears throat> I believe a majority of us here, we live our lives in straight lines. I'm here and I want to go over there. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to head right straight in that direction. And it can be in my job, it can be with my family, it can be <clears throat> in church, it can be whatever it is. I'm going to try and take the shortest distance from point A to point B to get there. But you see, God has a different plan for our life. God sometimes takes us the long way. In Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, it says this, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Guys, God directs our steps. He directs our steps through His Word. He directs our steps through prayer. And a lot of times, God directs our steps through situations. And I don't know about you, but for a lot of us here, and especially for me, there are times when I'm on my way from point A to point B, I'm heading there in the straight line, and then all of a sudden, something comes up and a situation comes up that causes and forces me to detour. And I get delayed going from point A to point B. I'm on my way to point B, but then all of a sudden, a detour shows up. And sometimes that detour lasts a little longer than what I want it to. Y'all with me on that? I hate construction. Are y'all with me on that? There's nothing that bothers me more than road construction. Can I get an amen? And it always seems like right about now, they start working on roads, right? And I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why. Uh, the other week, I was uh, going to uh, the Rangers game, which, by the way, have y'all been to the new Rangers stadium? Unbelievable. It was 102 degrees outside, 
and it was a cool 74 degrees inside. I'm telling you, it was the best baseball game ever, all right? So I want to encourage you to go to the Rangers. Okay, but I digress. We're on our way to the Rangers game, and we hop off 161, and we get on to 30. How long have they been working on 30? Right around there? Are you all with me on that? It's horrible. And there's always a delay. And no matter how much time you set aside to get through that, you're always running late. For some reason, it's always back. There's always something going on. They've been working on that for, I believe, 20 years. And they still haven't fixed it. And guess what? There are times in our lives when we are going through life and we are going to hit a delay. And we may even expect the delay, but it may last a little longer than what you expect. The detour might take a little longer, but it is God that directs our steps. It is God that directs our path. And get this, he knows the best way for us, even when there is a detour. I like what Matthew Henry said. He wrote this, he's a great commentator. He said, um, he led them forth by the right way. God's way is the right way, though it may seem about. If we think he leads not his people the nearest way, yet we may be sure he leads them the best way. And so it will appear when we come to our journey's end, judge nothing before the time. God directed the Israelites in the most safest way possible. It was for their own protection that God detoured them. It was a four to five day journey to go to the promised land. They are five days out when Pharaoh says, get out of here. But what does God do? He takes them down towards the Red Sea. We talk about God being our refuge. We talk about God being our protector. God is our refuge. God is our protector. And there are times when he forces us to detour. When we say, God, why are you doing that? More than likely, it is to protect us. You ever thought about that? You might be in a detour right now and you're asking God, God, why are things slowing down? Why am I not getting to where I need to go? Probably because God is saying this is for your best interest. I have your best interest in mind. And because of that, I'm putting you on a detour to keep you safe. And all the time we're frustrated going, man, can we just hurry up? Can we get there? I'm not feeling like I'm making any progress. And God says, hey, I'm just trying to keep you safe. I'm just trying to protect you. You know, God protects us from a lot. We don't even know. We don't even see it. You know, God protects us from Satan, 2 Thessalonians 3.3. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. God instructs us to pray, to be led away from temptation. And that prayer is a redirection of our path. Lead me away from temptation. What does Jesus teach us to pray? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does it say? And lead us not into temptation. You know what that means? That means, Lord, there are times in my life when I need a detour. That's what it means. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, 
give me a detour right here, right now. I need to slow down. I need to go this way instead of that way. Even in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us, God, protect me. And that might mean you need a detour. We need a detour. God provides us with wisdom to protect ourselves. Proverbs 2, 10 through 12. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. God himself protects those in need. Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who mangle them. God protects our eternal life. No one can take it away. John 10, 28 through 30. I will give them eternal life and they shall not perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. My Father has given them to me. He is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and my Father are one. Over and over and over, we see in Scripture that God desires and wants to protect each one of us. And in order for him to do that, there are times when he has to come in, he has to intervene in a situation and cause you to go the long way. That's it. And here in the children of Israel, guess what? He is causing them to go the long way. And that can be frustrating, can it not, guys? That can be frustrating. For me, that is very frustrating. Because for some of us, it is not about the journey. It is about the destination. Am I right? Some of you are like, look, I just want to get there. Y'all with me on that? Man, can we just get there? Let's just get there so we can do what we need to do. And God says, no, no. It's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. What do you think life is? Life is a journey. Because guess what? Our ultimate destination is where? Is heaven. And so, guys, we're taking the long way to heaven, are we not? Y'all thought about that? And what is God trying to do? He's trying to teach us. He's trying to show us some things. He's trying to mold us and make us into the person we need to be. He's preparing you now for eternity. Guys, life is a detour on our way to eternity. And so, guys, I want to, I just kind of simply want to encourage you. This, the shortest route is not always the safest route. And more than likely, God is not going to take you the shortest route because He wants to protect you, He wants to keep you safe. But then the second thing we see from this is that we see that the journey does prepare us for the destination. If you look there in verse 18, it says this So God led the people around the desert toward the Red Sea. Now, you know that the destination, the promised land, is only four or five days away. But we know that it's going to take them a little bit longer. We know that they hang out for several months there at Mount Sinai. We know that they kind of travel around. We know that they disobeyed God, and so they spent 40 years in the desert. But ultimately, they know their destination. They know where we're going. They are going to... The promised land. I like what uh, happened to Senator Dwight Monroe. He was uh, on the train and the conductor was coming through uh, there in New York City. He was walking through the train, taking everybody's ticket. 
and he's standing there waiting for the senator to uh, hand him his ticket. And the senator did not have his ticket. He couldn't find his ticket. And the conductor was very kind. He goes, look, sir, we, we know who you are and we appreciate all that you do. All you need to do is just take the ticket, drop it in the mail and send it to the railroad company. And that will suffice. And the senator looked at him and said, well, it's not the issue of the ticket that's really troubling me. He said, I need to find it because I need to know where I'm going. <laughs> he didn't know where he was supposed to get off on the train. You know, for us, we know where we're going or we know where we want to go. We say, I want to go over here. I want to go over there. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to accomplish this over here. I want to accomplish that over there. We know or we have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. The children of Israel knew where they were going. When Moses first arrived, he asked Pharaoh, first thing he said, he said, hey, can the children of Israel go out into the desert and worship God? And what did Pharaoh say? Pharaoh said, no. Now, as to not make the children of Israel out, nor God as a liar or deceivers, they went out into the desert and they went out into the wilderness if you look in Exodus chapter 5, when they left, they went out there. But if you look in Exodus chapter 5, it says this. Then they said, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, um, has met with us. Now let us take a three day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. This is also confirmed in Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. God wanted his people to worship him in the wilderness. The Hebrew word there for wilderness is midbar. It's the same word that's used in Exodus 13. It can mean the both. It can mean both. Here's what's so fascinating about that is that God said, Hey, listen, I want my children to come out and to worship me in the desert. I want them to worship me in the wilderness where there's no distractions. And here's what's so great is God said, you know what? Remember that that promise I made that I want my children to come worship me. Remember that thing I said back at the very beginning, back at the very when this whole thing started before the children of Israel, left, before all the 10 plagues, Moses showed up and said, God wants his people to go out into the wilderness and to worship him. Guess what? In order to get to the Red Sea, they had to walk through the wilderness. They had to spend some time doing what God wanted them to do originally. They had to cross the Red Sea. They had to go over there to Mount Sinai. And we see them worshiping God. Of course, we know the end of the story. We know that they crossed the Red Sea. I mean, we've seen it, right? Y'all have seen the movies, right? It's happened. Thank you, Gene. I'm glad you got that. But God said, hey, I want you to follow me. I want to lead you in this direction. So even from the very beginning, the children of Israel knew it's a four to five day journey. But God said, hey, there's something that's got to happen first. I want you to follow me and I want us to go through the desert 
together. Psalm 119.35, and this is from the New American Standard Version. It says this, Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in them. God led the nation of Israel through the desert, through the wilderness, to the Red Sea. If the children of Israel took the direct route to the promised land, they would miss out on God's command. What was God's command? Hey, come worship me in the desert. They would miss out on the parting of the Red Sea. Have you ever thought about that? If the children of Israel did not go the way they were, uh, if the children of Israel did not go the way that they went, the way that God had directed them, guess what? They would have missed out on the miracle of God. You know that? They would have missed out on a miracle of God. For some of you here, you are in a detour. God is saying, listen, not only do I want to keep you safe, but I want to show you what I can do. Huh? I want to show you the miracles that I can make, the miracles that can happen that are going to totally change and revolutionize your life. The things that you're going to look at and you're going to say, man, only but God. You'll be able to look around and go, there's no one else I can look at. There's no one else I can say did this or that. It's only you, God. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when He comes. It leaves, its leaves is all, are always green. It has no worries in the years of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I like that. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Guys, God may put you uh, in a detour. But man, He wants to show you something. He wants to keep you safe. But He wants to show you His power. And then third and finally, He wants to, uh, he wants to show you when you're ready. It's really simple. He wants to show you when you're ready because there are times when we think we're ready and we're not. Y'all with me on that? There are times when you think you're ready when the reality is that you're not. If you look there <clears throat> at the very end of 18, what does it say? The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now what's funny is back in verse 17, what does it say? For God said, I'm taking them this route. And then he said, and God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Here's, here's what's so great is, is God said, hey, listen, I'm going to take you up out of Egypt, but I'm going to take you the long route. And I'm taking you the long route, number one, to keep you safe. Okay, I'm taking you the long route, number two, because I want you to see and experience a miracle. I'm also taking you the long route because you might think you're ready when the reality is, is you are not ready. You think you're ready, but you're not ready. The Israelites walked out of Egypt. And what does the scripture say? They were ready for battle. Now, 
a man who made bricks his whole life or plowed a field his whole life does not have the proper training for battle. Are y'all with me on that? If you ask me, we're in war, and you said, hey, Justin, here's a gun. I want you to go out there and fight. I'd be like, sure, but you know what? The reality is, is I'm a, I'm a preacher. I have no clue what to do in battle. Are y'all with me on that? I have no clue what I'm doing. I mean, I know like the business end of the rifle. I know how to load it, but I don't know any of the techniques. I don't know basically how to stay alive. I'd be, I'd be the guy to be like, stand up. Hey guys, let's go. I'd be gone. You know, I wouldn't last five minutes out there. You know why? Because I didn't have the proper training. And here are the Israelites. What do they do? Yeah, I've been making bricks my whole life, but guess what? I'm ready for battle. I can take on anybody. Is that the reality? The reality is no. They'd see the other army standing on the other side. They'd be like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) Can't do it. No way. Um, Really, it's like watching the Karate Kid. Y'all seen the movie, The Karate Kid? It's like watching the Karate Kid and then... I go and I get a a bathrobe and I put that on and I tie it up and I'm like, all right, I'm ready for some karate and going into a competition. There's no way. I couldn't do it. But that's what the children of Israel are like. They're like, hey, we got this. No problem. I've been plowing a field my whole life, but I can definitely go to war. I can take out some dudes. And God's sitting there going... No, you can't. You'll see the army standing on the other side and you will run away. You will not only run away, you'll say, let's go back to Egypt. God knows that there is a time for action, but he also knows there is a time to learn. And what is God doing when he is leading them out of Egypt and leading them on this detour? He's giving them time to learn. He's giving them time to practice. He's giving them time to receive the knowledge that they need to move forward as they go into the promised land. You might be feeling like right now you are spinning your tires, you're stuck, or you are on this extremely long detour. Take some time, look around and ask God, what are you teaching me right now? What do I need to learn today? What do I need to learn during this time before I get to my destination? I don't know about you gentlemen, but there are times in my life where I'm not going in the direction I want to go. How many of y'all are with me on that? Okay. You're not going in the direction you want to go. And my prayer is always, okay, God, whatever it is you are teaching me, please help me to learn it fast. Are y'all with me? Help me learn it fast because the quicker I learn it, more than likely the quicker I get off the detour. And so maybe it would help if I'm not so thick skinned or help if I'm not so dense in my head, but rather my heart is soft, ready to learn what God has to teach me. God says, hey, listen, we're going to take this long route. Because not only is it safe, but also it's a great time while you are safe to be taught and for you to learn. If you want to learn, the book of Proverbs is a great book of learning. You can learn a lot of knowledge and wisdom if you just simply seek it out yourself. Proverbs 18, 15, the heart of the discerning. What does it say? 
acquires knowledge for the ears of the wise seek it out. You can learn from others. Philippians 4, 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it in to practice and the God of peace will be with you. Look at what Jesus told his disciples. He told them to learn from him in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A.W. Tozer said this, the stiff and wooden quality of our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. I like that. Acute desire must be present. Are you eager to learn in every situation that you encounter do you ask yourself the question, can I learn from this? What lesson can I walk away from? Guys, there are some times when God has to reteach me some lessons. There are times when I forget. There are times when I say, you know what? I thought I went through this before. <laughs> I must have been really thick-headed. I must have not have learned the first time. You know, you can learn through actions and through practice. Titus 3.14, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for their urgent needs and not to live unproductive lives. Scripture even points out that Jesus learned through obedience of his suffering. Get this. In Hebrews 5, 7 through 10, during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his uh, reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Wow. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and was once made perfect. He became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Crossing the Red Sea is a teachable moment. The times at Mount Sinai, that was a teachable moment. Wandering through the desert for 40 years, that was a teachable moment. They learned to have follow God through the sea. They learned to worship God at Mount Sinai. They learned to trust Him as they marched around Jericho for seven days. But God did not allow the children of Israel into the promised land until they were ready. By the time they entered the promised land, know this, and understand this, <laughs> they had confidence in God. They were trained for war. Not only were they trained for war, but they had also practiced several times. Every nation they went up against, they won. They defeated them. But that still took time. That still took practice. They had their confidence renewed day by day. They were fed. They were clothed. Man, God took care of them every single step of the way. 
Five days eventually turned into 40 years. And then it eventually turned into them entering into the promised land. Guys, that's a long detour. For some of us, we might have been on a detour about that long. But guess what? The promised land is close. So I just want to encourage you as we look at this passage. Man, God wants to keep you safe. God wants you to learn. God wants you to trust Him. And God wants you to eventually enter into that promised land. But you're just going to have to trust Him. And know when you enter into the promised land, you are going to be equipped with everything you need to know as you enter into that destination. Guys, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Thank you that we could come here on the 4th of July. We could celebrate uh, this country's independence. Um, Father, we thank you for showing us the independence of your holy nation, Israel. Father, as we uh, think about Independence Day uh, today, Father, we just lift up our, our leadership. Father, whether we voted for them or not, <laughs> whether we like them or not, God, uh, they are our leadership and they are the ones that you have placed on the thrones. And so, Father, we pray for their wisdom. We ask that you would grant them uh, um, a knowledge and wisdom as they make decisions for our nation. Father, we pray that uh, you would bring revival to America. That, Father, that, uh, that those that have turned their backs on you would finally turn back around to you. That, God, you would draw this nation back to you. Um, God, you are good. You are holy. And, Father, we trust you. And, God, we turn all these things over to you. God, if there's a man here that is on his journey... And Father, he's in a detour. God, I pray that you would teach him and that he would learn quickly. Father, I pray that you would continue to protect him. And that, God, you would continue uh, to teach and to train him up into the man that you want him to be at work, at home, and everywhere else. Father, we love you and we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's men said. Y'all have a great day. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org, and we hope you tune in next week for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.